Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. So you want to think of the goal of each chapter. Is it focused on a chase? Is it a battle? Is the goal of your chapter to introduce a character? Is it to explore your protagonist's past? Is it to have both characters argue or make an important decision? Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. How do you edit your story for coherence and continuity? Do you edit as you go, or do you edit after the manuscript is done? I mean, where do you begin? Well, today I'm going to give you a four-step strategy for editing your manuscript. So we're going to go from the big picture, the macro level, all the way down to the sentence level, the micro level. Now you can do this at every stage of the drafting process. You can do it with a finished manuscript. You can do it with your work in progress because this process will help keep your story on track. So why is self-editing essential? Well, when we're writing our first drafts, there's a certain amount of indulgence. And this is when we feel connected to our writing. We're free and we're on fire it feels really good. And there's an energy that takes hold. So we have this surge of ideas. This is great, right? But sometimes writers think that this indulgence is a flaw, but it's only a flaw if you don't take your raw material and cut all the excess and rewrite scenes and chapters or make them more relevant and shape the story around your core idea. It's kind of like, taking a big mass of clay and carving it into a sculpture. So you want all your chapters and scenes to coalesce into a focused narrative because invariably our early drafts ramble. The story is going to go off course. We'll have excess scenes and extraneous characters and flabby chapters and sentences and so forth. We digress. So in our early stages of writing, our story is not focused. And this is every story in its early stages. So editing is inevitable. It's not a weakness. It's not proof that your story is a failure. 
because writing is not that first draft. Writing is rewriting. The editing is where all the gold is. But when it's time to edit, a lot of writers get overwhelmed and they get confused and lost and they often give up. So they revise three or four times and the story just never gels. So they move on to another story. They revise that a few times over and then they start the cycle all over again because they haven't yet learned how to break their story down into its individual components. So you're going to learn to start with the global view of your story and then move all the way down to the sentence level. Editing is all about focusing your story and keeping it on track. So you have to look at your work objectively so that you can revise efficiently and effectively. We get attached to our words, we get attached to our sentences and our paragraphs. We're sometimes seduced by the beauty of our own writing. And this can lead to an unfocused manuscript. An unfocused manuscript has characters or events that steer the ship off course and get you and your reader lost. So certain characters and story events don't seem to have any apparent story purpose. And then the reader's left to wonder if the characters or the events are going to go anywhere. Your reader is always looking for connections and relevance at every point in your story. It's subconscious, but that's what they're searching for. That's what they yearn for. For example, sometimes characters are introduced in the first chapter and then they disappear from the story. Now, it may be that these characters will appear much later in the story, and sometimes they do, but by then the reader has forgotten who they are. When characters are introduced in your beginning, the reader is going to expect those characters to play some role in the action. Other times there are these events that happen And then they're never resolved, and there doesn't appear to be any causal relationship between story events. Sometimes chapters or scenes will not really stay on track. They won't culminate in a way that feels complete. And this happens when the scenes or chapters don't have any intention or progression. So during the editing process, we're often letting go of really good writing, that just doesn't belong in the story. Now, it might be useful in a different story, so you want to put it aside because you can always put it back in or reshape it so it has more relevance in your current story. Or you can just save it for another story. Just put it aside for now. I keep a separate file called outtakes for everything I write just in case I want to put it back later and reshape it or save it for a different story. So before we dive in, think back to your original intention when you set out to write this story. What was the original impetus for you to write this story? So just write briefly about what you intended the story to be about. Who is it about? What does this person want? What's holding this person back? Does he or she get what he or she wants by the end? And at what cost? So at this stage, you know who your main protagonist is, what she wants, 
why she's having trouble getting it, you know whether she gets the goal or not, and as an extra bonus, you might even know what she learns in the process. Okay, so let's get to the brass tacks. Step number one, story events. An event refers to a meaningful change in your protagonist's life. So something happens that shifts your character's world from one state into another. So each event takes your protagonist closer to or further away from their main goal. So your main character is going to go into each scene or event or plot step wanting something. And that's going to be related to what he wants to get, the concrete goal. It's something that is going to help him get to that concrete goal. And then he encounters resistance. It might be his own resistance. So then you want to test your sequence of events on this question. What would he do next? Now, an event could involve a sequence of scenes. If you're writing a novel, you might have six large actions, six events. So incremental changes happen in chapters and scenes, but the events might be things like a war battle that happens over several chapters. Now, we have the inciting incident in the beginning. That's the moment of then. It changes your protagonist's life forever, but it's not the same thing as an event. It sets your plot in motion, but it's not necessarily where your protagonist engages with the situation. But the first major event will follow that incident. For example, in Lolita, the inciting incident is when Humbert lays eyes on Lolita for the first time but he doesn't engage in his desire until he moves into the house as a boarder. So here are some of the major events from the novel. Humbert moves into Charlotte Hayes' house and becomes a boarder. And that event spans several chapters. It's incited by his meeting with Lolita. Then Charlotte dies in a freak accident and he begins an affair with Lolita. And that's a large action, an event that spans most of the book. Now there's a sequence of smaller events that happen within that event, but that's a big event. And then Lolita escapes. That's another event. It brings Humbert from one state of being to a completely different state of being, because now he's dealing with her absence and he has no idea where she is, so he searches for her. Now, there are more major events in the novel. I'm just going by memory, but you want to look over every event in your story, including some of the minor events, and see if they're resolved. If you introduce a distressing or dramatic event that influenced the story, make sure we come back to it later and that that story loop is closed for better or for worse. So for example, Humbert becomes a boarder at Charlotte Hayes' house. Humbert thinks that Charlotte is going to be an impediment to him getting closer to Lolita, to getting what he wants. And then Charlotte dies. So that event is resolved. It changes his world. And now he can have Lolita all to himself. 
So you just want to make sure that each event is resolved for better or for worse. Now, within your events, you want to look at all your characters. If you introduce a character, show what happens to her or him. What's this person's relationship to your main protagonist? How do they impact the story's problem? Even a minor character that appears late in the story should reveal something new to us about your protagonist or spin the story in a new direction. So for example, in Revolutionary Road, in the first chapter, we meet all the main characters. We meet the Wheelers, April and Frank. We also get introduced to the Givens and the Campbells. Now, we don't yet know why they're relevant, but they all play a role in the story. They're all in unhappy, bored marriages and bored existences. They represent the kind of existence that the Wheelers are trying to escape. But we don't know that when we first meet them, but they are introduced and they are relevant. You also want to look for obvious digressions and tangents. Are these digressions deepening or furthering the plot? You want to cut anything that's not moving your plot forward and revealing more about your characters. Now, sometimes digressions and tangents work, like a flashback, for example, but they need to be intentional in the grand scheme of your story. So you want to go for relevance and resonance. A flashback will give us insight into why your protagonist wants what he or she wants. It'll give us insight into their internal conflict relating to that desire. Okay, so you've gone through your story events. You've marked off all the tangents and digressions. You may have put them in brackets. That's what I like to do. And you've made notes about where you need to resolve events that are still kind of hanging. You've made note of any extraneous characters or ones whose relevance just needs more development. So you've gone through every event in your story and you've looked at their relationship to your plot. So number two, now we're going to move on to chapters. We're going to go chapter by chapter. I often hear writers ask how long chapters should be, and the answer is, it depends. I've seen chapters that are just a few paragraphs long, and others that are 25 pages. Some are just a few pages. But here's the thing. Your chapters don't have to be a certain length. They just have to be as long as it takes to accomplish its intended purpose. Now, a chapter is part of the whole, but it's also a self-contained story unit. It has a beginning, middle, and end. There's conflict. And by conflict, I don't mean a fight or a confrontation. Conflict is tension. Somebody wants something and there's interference or resistance So there's tension between what one character wants and what another character wants, or what one character wants and what the other doesn't want to give him or her. It might be your own character's worldview getting in the way. So you want to go over each chapter and ask yourself what you wanted to achieve when you set out to write it. 
What was your purpose for putting it there in the story? What were your ideas about where you wanted that chapter to go? Did it go there? If not, you want to try to locate where you went off course. Look at pacing. Does the chapter start off with fast-paced action, then veer into too much description or backstory? How does it function in your story? So the structure of a chapter is similar to the structure of your story, beginning, middle, and end. There's situation and conflict. It starts in one emotional place and ends in another emotional place. So you want to think of the goal of each chapter. Is it focused on a chase? Is it a battle? Is the goal of your chapter to introduce a character? Is it to explore your protagonist's past? Is it to have both characters argue or make an important decision? For example, the first chapter of Revolutionary Road is a failed performance. It's April Wheeler's failed performance in an amateur play. And then the second chapter is their fight. And by the way, their fight is an event. It changes their marriage from one state to another and forces the couple to attempt to repair their marriage by planning a move to Paris. Now, this plan is not really thought out, but it's what holds the glue together for most of the novel. Another chapter goes into significant history. So you want to go chapter by chapter and try to zero in on its reason for being there. What's the focus and how does it relate to your protagonist's concrete goal? Again, look for obvious digressions and tangents that take the chapter off course. Now, a flashback can be an entire chapter or it can be woven into the forward moving action in a few sentences. So even though each chapter is part of the entire fabric of your story, you want your chapters to stand alone. It's a contained and complete narrative unit. Now, Martha McPhee sold the first chapter of her first novel, Bright Angel Time, to The New Yorker. It stood alone like a short story. Now, that first chapter was about 11 pages long. So again, each chapter has a beginning, middle, and end. There's desire, there's conflict, there's resolution. And by resolution, I don't mean that you tie it up in a neat bow. Resolution can be where your character lands safely for a moment or unsafely. So the end of a chapter allows us to pause, take in all that's just happened, and wonder about what's going to happen next but it can end in the middle of something. It can end with tensions hanging. On to step three. Now, once you've done this with your chapters, you're going to do the same exercise with individual scenes. So you're going to go scene by scene within each chapter. A scene is another self-contained unit. It happens in a particular place at a particular time. So a good scene has a distinct beginning, middle, and end. The beginning tells us where we are and who we're with. So it gives us the setting and the characters involved. And then the heart of your scene will have some kind of action. 
Now the action could be character thought, dialogue, or physical action, and it could be a combination of all of those. The end should start the transition into the next scene or the next chapter, whatever comes next in your story. So again, you want to think of your scene as a mini version of your plot. It should have a relationship to the event in the story, and it should have a relationship to the chapter. A character comes into the scene with some intention. So she's going to want something out of this scene and she'll think her way through the action. Now, it could be as simple as your character walking alone to get to her neighbor's house. The action could be not just the walk itself, but her thoughts as she takes the walk. So the scene is going to start in one emotional place and end in another emotional place. So the character will think his or her way through the action. You want to ask, what information do I want to convey at this point in my story? What scenes come before or after? Is there conflict? And again, by conflict, I don't mean every scene should be a fight or even a confrontation, just that there's dramatic tension. It might be a reflective scene. She's thinking her way through the walk to the house and reflecting on who she is vis-a-vis other girls her age. It might be a funny scene. It might be as mundane as your character at the office, but it should contain some kind of dramatic action and tension. Tension between what your character wants in the scene and what he or she winds up with. You want to go for change. What kind of change happens? Is there a change in character thought? Is there a change in the action? Is there a change in the tone? How does it resolve? You might exit the scene before it resolves because the action is still in motion, but you still have to land the scene. So a new scene begins when your characters move to a different place or to a different time. So if a scene is a married couple fighting on the side of the highway, the next scene might be later that night when they're at home. So the husband wants to apologize, but his wife doesn't want to talk and just wants to go to bed. So think of your scene as a mini version of your overall story structure. Be clear about its purpose and consider how it's going to lead into the next scene. Don't be afraid to jump in time or place from scene to scene. For example, after the married couple has the fight on the side of the highway, we don't need to see them drive home, just jump to when they're home and he tries to apologize. You want to ask, does each scene move the story forward? So your protagonist comes in wanting something, encounters some kind of interference or resistance, he takes action, even if it's just the thought of what he's going to do next. And you want to look at transitions. How does it set up the next scene? Okay, on to step four. Once you've looked at your main events, you've looked at your chapters, you've gone scene by scene, now you're going to get into the micro details. We're going to go line by line. So you're going to start with paragraphs. You want to look at individual paragraphs in your scenes the same way you looked at your story events, your chapters, and your scenes. Now, not every paragraph needs to have a beginning, middle, and end the way your events, chapters, and scenes do, 
but each paragraph has a point that it needs to complete. So a paragraph is a self-contained unit of its own, just like your events, just like your chapters, just like your scenes, but paragraphs don't have a particular structure. You just need to ask, do all of my paragraphs progress in each scene? If not, either make it more relevant or cut it. And finally, you're going to look at your sentences. Do all of your sentences have a progression within each paragraph? Look at every sentence. This is the fun part. Is it bloated with unnecessary words? Can you cut anything extraneous? A good rule of thumb is to eliminate adverbs and adjectives. You want to look for weak verbs. Use more active descriptive verbs. So we've gone from the macro to the micro. So let's recap. To edit your own story, number one, look at all your major events. Does each have a beginning, middle, and end? Does each event resolve? Are all the characters necessary? Are there any digressions you can cut or place somewhere else? Step two, chapters. Chapters are a self-contained narrative unit. They stand on their own. You want to ask what the purpose of this chapter is. What do you want this chapter to achieve? Is it to introduce a character? Does something dramatic happen here? Is it a flashback? Step number three, look at your scenes. So within each chapter, you're going to go scene by scene. Again, think of your scene as a standalone narrative unit. Your character comes into the scene with an intention. There's a situation and conflict, a win or a lose at the end. Step four, we're going to go line by line. Look at each paragraph. Now, not every paragraph has to have a structure, beginning, middle, and end, the way everything else does, but each paragraph has a point that it needs to complete. And then you're going to go sentence by sentence. Are your sentences muscular? Are there any extraneous words you can cut? Can you be more specific? Can you use a different word to describe something? How can you be more concrete? So you want to think of your story events, your chapters, your scenes, your paragraphs, your sentences, all of these as separate units, separate narrative units. They're all part of the whole, but they all have to stand on their own. So there you have it. This is the fun part. It really is the joy of writing. It's what writing is all about, getting clear on the story you're telling and then chipping away at it and getting rid of all the excess that doesn't belong there. This really is the fun part. To me, revision, rewriting, editing, that is the best part of the writing process. So I hope you have fun with this. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. 
I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.